Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a bonus episode of the Mile of Golf podcast. Yes, it's my catch-up with the one and only PGA Tour coach, Dom, as a party. The other week, I caught up with Dom via Zoom in the backyard, the power of the internet, it's a wonderful thing, where Dom and I caught up, I congratulated him on becoming a PGA Tour coach. Yes, he's the one and only coach of Australia's newest PGA Tour graduate, Lucas Herbert, and he's also my short game coach, the man that I go to for a little bit of confidence and comfort around my short game. He's helped me immensely, all by the power of the internet. Dom's one of the big coaches on the Skillist app. Uh, we've had Baden Schaff on the podcast before. You can check that episode out. But this is my catch up with Dom. If you want to watch us, you can see that over at the My Love of Golf YouTube channel, which I will be putting more effort into and more videos on a regular basis. So if you want to watch Dom and I go through a chat and a live lesson, and watch it on YouTube. Subscribe and get the indication notifications when that comes up. Or just listen in to my catch up with Dom as a party. Wonderful golf coach up there on the Sunshine Coast, PGA Tour coach, Lucas Herbert's coach, and uh, my short game guru. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. As a party up there at uh, the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you, Roscoe. Feeling for all thank you Victorians down there in lockdown too. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, most of us have seen the golf course uh, the same as I am at the moment, and that's the backyard golf course. And that's uh, why we're here today. My listeners on the podcast know that you've been, you've had a look at a few videos of mine. I sent out the SOS call for help. Uh, maybe it was last year's lockdown and uh, you started me on a pathway to try and improve the worst part of my game, my chipping. And if I was a better chipper, I could um, I'd enjoy my golf more. I don't, don't not enjoy it, but I reckon I could enjoy it more if I could improve my chipping. I'm improving. The work that we've done so far is making a lot of difference. Uh, and I just thought in this lockdown, it was time for a checkup. But I've got to start with a big one. Congratulations. PGA Tour Coach. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's, um, it's a great feeling. It's something we've worked at for many, many years. And, you know, I've still got a photo in my phone of a whiteboard that Herbie and I did some goal setting. I reckon it was at least five years ago. And, yeah, bottom right corner is PJ Toolcard. I won't tell you the year that he was meant to do that, but we've got there eventually, mate. And I guess, as you know, that the, you know, the harder you work at things and, and the longer it takes and the more of a struggle, the, the more pleasing it is when you do get there. So, yeah, it's, it's just I'm super you know, pleased for, for Herbie because I know what he's, he's sacrificed and what he's put into this to get to where he is. We chatted the other night on the podcast after it happened and, uh, you know, I talked to my fellow co-hosts and, you know, just basically said, look, I don't, I don't know the behind the scenes. You know, I get a little bit of a chance to chat to, to Jamie about it, but I know that when, you know, Lucas and I played golf, you know, his intentions were pretty clear and, and Jamie's um, told me that his intentions were pretty clear about, you know, being in, in the States and making a, a, a good fist of that. And he set himself up this year to do it and it's come off and uh, it's great. I think, you know, the Australian golf world is wrapped for him to have another player, you know, of such a high caliber on the tour. And, you know, we also talked the other night that, you know, the pundits are 
you know, we don't want to put the the forecast out there early, but you know, he could he could shake a few up next year. He you know legitimately will, will could perform, and or as he already has, but we're expecting good things. What about you? Yeah, absolutely, mate. I'm just as boyish. Um, I mean, he's he's got the game for America, and he's, you know, I, I just see there's so much more improvement in Lucas. He's 25. Um, you know, we've done a, you know, because of COVID over the last 18 months, it's, it's been difficult in a lot of ways with the, the amount of work we've been able to do. But, you know, we have been doing a heap through online sort of coaching and we catch up often on Zooms and calls, obviously. Um, but, you know, I, I just think, every, you know, as my job as his golf coach, I'm always looking at how to make him better. And, you know, I, I sit here now and think there's so much that we can improve in his game to make him, uh, you know, better and better. And if he's 48 in the world in the PGA Tour card now, it's pretty exciting to think of where he can be in three years' time. And a lot of that, yeah. I guess, comes, Roscoe, from his belief and, and you know, his drive and his want to, um, you know, be better than what he is at the moment, um, which is, you know, you can't teach that. He's got to have that inner drive and, and, you know, want himself. And he's certainly very hungry for that at the moment. And that's what I said to the guys. I said, you know, if anything stood out to me, it was exactly that point there about the, the belief and the desire to, to want to be there and, and deserve to be there. And, and uh, you know, he's ticked that off. So the rest is ahead. It's not written yet, but uh, I look forward to seeing what does get written. I'm interested, you know, because we're sitting here and we're about to have a look at my chipping, you know, and you talked about coaching via Zoom. And obviously, I think the last time you were there was, was it March or so this year? You had that little stint across there? Yeah, I was over there for about three and a half weeks, sort of um, back in February into early March, and then did the hotel quarantine after that. Um, there's talk I might try and get out there in uh, in November. He might want me out. Um, I mean, Nick Pugh's caddy has, I reckon he's been home probably eight weeks in 18 months, and, you know, he's mm-hmm. called White back there. So Herbie being such a great fella that he is and, and you know, he does look after his team. You know, he's, he, he's aware of that and he'd love to get Nick home for, for a little bit. Um, so he spoke to me about two weeks ago, you know, sort of creating the idea of maybe getting out there for a month in November and sending Nick home and, and you know, I might be able to get on the bag for, for a event or two and, and also, you know, have a look at where he's at technically and just, just check in that way. Um, so that, that may happen, but... You know, as you know, Roscoe, it's pretty hard to get out of Australia and back in at the moment. So yeah. I, I don't see that there's a great likelihood that that will happen. Yeah, even Herbie coming home for Christmas is looking unlikely at this stage because if he does, he, he might not be able to get back out. So, you know, we're just, as I said, he's doing such a great job in that space with what's going on. Um, and I think it's been huge for him being able to sort of set up a little bit of a base um, in America and Orlando this year and, to hear him sort of say at events, you know, he's looking forward to getting home and him leaning home in Orlando, I think it's a really good thing that he's starting to feel at home over there. But, yeah, yeah I know how much he wants to get home at Christmas and see his family and friends and it'd be great if he could, but we just don't know at this stage. Now, you know, you do a lot of work with him, obviously, on Zoom, and we were talking uh, before about your work on Skillist, how you're ranking on Skillist, and I've had Baden on the podcast before, uh, great fella, and he's doing great things, um, as you are on Skillist. Talk to us about the rise and rise of online coaching and, and your uh, work on Skillist. 
Yeah, it's a really funny one, isn't it? You know, if someone had told me 12 months ago that, uh, you know, I'd be doing the amount of lessons and, and have the amount of monthly subscribers I have on, you know, an online coaching platform, skills being what I'm talking about, you know, I, I would have had disbelief. There's no way I would have thought that this would happen. I sit here now and I sort of think that we've only just started and in three years' time, I actually think that probably half the money spent in golf tuition will be spent online um, and I, I just think it's such a great way to learn for people and I say that because you know traditionally you have a golf lesson and you know you send the person away in three weeks time or two weeks time you, you, you have them back and you know they've done some work and they've gone away and, and you know practiced a little bit of what you've said but with Skillist you know all my online monthly subscribers I have you know I say to them every practice session I want you to send me videos uh, and, you know, you're just looking at what they're doing every session they have and, and ensuring that the practice and the work they're doing is is the right work and, and they're getting better all the time. And, you know, it's not just their, you know, I say to them all, I'm not just your swing coach, I'm your golf coach. And we talk about everything else within their game, um, whether it be their strategy, you know, a lot of their mental approach to, to you know, how they're going about playing around the golf. So, it's just been ridiculous, mate. Uh, I've really enjoyed it over this time because, you know, obviously I've been stuck home here and, and haven't been out too much with Herbie. So, you know, I'm not one to sit on the couch all day and do nothing and it's given me a real purpose to, to what I'm doing each day, which, you know, as I said, I've really enjoyed it because I've seen some huge improvement with a lot of students um, throughout the world, mate. I think I've got 25 online monthly subscribers and I think four of them in are, are in Australia so uh, I mean there's about eight countries that I have people that I'm working with on it's it blows me away you know and I was talking to uh, my coach at uh, work uh, Chris McClatchy and he mentioned and he reminded me that you know you were one of the top performers on the Skillist app and uh, you know he gave me an update of because he's only, he's only just come on and, and where his clients are coming from, you know, me as someone who owns a, a golf business that conducts coaching in store face to face. And he does that. I'm thinking, Oh, you're going to lose some business or, you know, that sort of thing. But no, you know, his clients that he's picked up are all around the, the world. And uh, I was just quite uh, blown away by that. And so mate, well done. Uh, let's ha have a look at my chipping because we've had a couple of video sessions and uh, I think, you know, you've helped me greatly. If you wanted to let my people who listen to this know, uh, they've heard me berate myself enough about my chipping, but if you had to give a synopsis of, you know, me and my sort of short game, where would you start and, uh, and where are we going? Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of what you do in a lot of people who struggle in their chipping and pitching. Um, and look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how you're going today because, you know, we did do a little bit of work uh, in the past and I, I think we we're making some, some good gains and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing where you're at uh, presently with it. But, you know, it's funny, it's, it's a lot like putting, but people who struggle a little bit with some fundamentals in chipping and as soon as that, that breaks down a little bit and you start, you know, chili dipping a few or skinning a few over the green, you, know, you just lose so much confidence and then you can't really see the shot that you're wanting to hit. And if you're standing over a chip and, and you can't see that and you don't have the confidence that it's going to you know, be hit at the flight you want and land roughly in the spot you want, then it makes it very difficult to you know, perform that shot. And you know, the more that, that, that mentally comes into it, the more you, you 
technically start breaking down more and more. And when I say break down more and more, I think the biggest thing I see is people get more, more and more hitty at the ball. So they get quicker. They get really, especially through that impact zone, they, you know, it's nearly as if they tense up through that, that zone and, and, you know, that's, that produces, you know, poorer shots and then, um, you know, mentally they get worse and worse and more scarred and it's just a vicious circle, Roscoe, as, as you very well know. Yes, and, uh, you know, that, I guess, articulation of hitting at it, you know, that certainly is, you know, I still battle with that, you know, through the backyard chipping and chipping down at the chipping green at the at Peninsula Kingswood, which, funnily enough, it seems to be better more consistently, more often when I'm there in that sort of course environment rather than in the backyard. And I, but I still fight this challenge of, you know, coming out into the backyard, usually late in the day, just to clear a bit of headspace, picking up whatever club I choose to go with and not knowing what to do. Like, and I say that in a sense where I've always got a different thought. I've always got a, am I this way? Am I this way? Am I hands here, hands there, break, block, whatever. There's always, and, and I usually end up finding it, but it takes a little bit of time to, to get back to, oh, yeah, that's right. And, and that worries me a bit um, because, you know, that must be how it happens on the course. You know, hole one, I might have a chip. Yeah, you know, I might not have a chip until the third hole, but I, I do know that I get there and go, right, is it this way or this way? And to me, that's, that's got to, I've just got to keep working and finding that action that I, can, I just know is going to happen without even thinking about it like a seven iron, like a driver, like anything else. Because, you know, I've identified that, you know, I've got a 10 metre chip set up here. That for me is, is the distance, you know, the, 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 the get down the fairway, you know, the hit maybe just a little bit of a push cut seven iron into a par four or, or a par three, just trickle, trickles off to the edge, catches a swale, you're 10 metres away. And it's that, that distance there that stops me from getting you know, up and down stops me from getting up and down, down sort of thing. So anyway, that's, that's where my head's at. Um, I think Roscoe, I... on that point, you know, um, thing about chipping and Gary play, you know, I ran a, a Gary play golf academy in Singapore many, many years ago and, and had the pleasure of spending some time with, with Mr. Player and, you know, asked a lot of questions about chipping and, and bunker play because he was phenomenal in the bunker. And I, th I think the one thing that I really got out of um, spending a lot of time with him was, um, you know, every chip shot we have is different. You know, like uh, most iron shots, you know, yeah, you've got wind that can change things in the, in the lie. You might have your ball above your, your, your feet a little bit. But, you know, in, when you hit a seven iron every time, it's, it's to a distance and, and you, you're making the same similar sort of golf swing. You know, every time you miss the green, you're faced with a different shot. Now, you know, that might be the, the lie as well as how far you want to land the ball, how you want to release, what height you need to hit, are you going uphill, down a hill, where the pin is positioned on the green. So I think that creates a lot of uncertainty as to how do I, what am I meant to do to play this shot? And I think that uncertainty can lead to, you know, a lot of um, doubt in your mind. So... You know, one of the things I say to a lot of students when they miss the green, they're faced with a chip shot. You know, one, make it really simple for yourself. Play the easy shot. You know, don't always play the shot that you'll see Lucas Herbert play. Um, and then once you see that shot and decide to hit that shot, commit to it 100%. And, you know, I think that way 
when you're standing over the ball, you know, you want to be making some practice swings and just creating a feel very simply with, you know, one feeling mind to play that shot rather than four thoughts around your technique. You can't have four or even two thoughts around your technique to execute a shot. You may have one swing feel and that's about it. You know, so, you know, it sounds like, and I know with you and with most people who struggle, you know, with a part of their game, they just overthink things and, and try and find, you know, w- w- let's try this for this chip shot. Let's try this for this chip shot. Now, no, let's just go back to what you do in the backyard and, and have a feel. And, you know, as you said, you can stand there and by the end of 20 minutes have a feel and you're hitting quite good chip shots. All right, all you want to do is then take that feel to the golf course. And if it's the third hole and you create that feel and you don't hit a great shot, we don't go and start searching for three other different swing thoughts or set up positions. We just work with that feel. And, you know, inevitably you might have five chip shots and you hit three of them with that feel pretty well. Okay, you take that away. And, you know, ideally what we're wanting with the other two chip shots are that they're, you know, 15 feet, they're okay. You know, and I think the more we can do that, the more you can push through, you know, where you've been a little bit with your chipping game rather than, continually changing things, trying to, you know, think of different sort of thoughts when you're trying to execute chipping uh, on the golf course. I just think, you know, you're not going to get anywhere with that that sort of mindset. Now let's, uh, I'm going to change the camera in a minute and we'll hit some shots. But, you know, the thing that uh, improved me a lot and was with my stance and, you know, that whole squaring up and, an almost closed stance chipping, uh, which I think I'd seen before and I didn't really pick up on it. You know, I might've seen one of the elite Australian players, you know, chipping with this closed stance. And, uh, and when you brought that to me, that, that was a game changer. And that's been one of the sort of significant things to help me just repeat and get that, you know, the, the, the bounce of the club working. I think the other thing that blew you away was when you said, uh, show me your concept of using the bounce. Now I sit there and talk to people about bounce on, on wedges uh, all day, every day. And I can articulate it. I know exactly what it does, but when I had to show you, I think you're a little bit um, uh, taken aback with uh, the lack of ability to use the bounce or the lack of understanding of how to use the bounce in an effective chip shot. So I think those two things have been, you know, sort of game changers for me. So I'm quite keen for you to see what I can do now. Uh, I'm not warmed up. I'm in the backyard. I haven't been playing that much golf. I've just been hitting a few 5, 5 p.m. chips. It's it's 9 a.m. now, so I'm a bit early for the usual chipping routine, so bear with me. But um, do you want to have a look? Let's let's have a look. Can't wait. I'll just uh, you flick the camera around, I mean, what you talk yeah. about with your, your square stance there and, and bounce. Um, you know, delivery of club with, a, with any shot is everything. The way you deliver the club... Um, both path and angle of attack is is just paramount to to what's going to happen to your, your you know, ultimately your shot. And with chipping, I think it's it's even more important because the importance of understanding and using bounce correctly. So, I mean, I think that's where you are struggling a lot. Uh, and I see a lot of people so open in their stance and then get so outside the line coming into the ball. And if you do that with no bounce, I mean, you're coming so steep with no bounce, 
margin for error in, in that strike is just so minimal uh, and, and it becomes very, very difficult to, to create any consistency. The, uh, the one thing that always, I, I use the term haunted me um, when I realised that it wasn't the right way, but back in the 80s, you know, down at the Narrabeen uh, Sport and Rec Camp that they used to get, uh, we used to get sent to as a sort of semi-elite type thing. Um, you, know, they, they, you know, back in Ross Herbert's days, and you'll remember Ross Herbert, the, late, the great late Ross Herbert, yeah, they would teach us this technique called break and block. And, you know, that was really, maybe it was to do with the equipment, maybe it was to do with, I don't know what happened at the time, but all it, all it did for me was just present this leading edge and just, I think it was a downhill slope from there. Um, I've got four wedges, uh, mate. I've got four wedges. Which one would you like me to start with? Let's just start with a fairly sort of basic 54, 56 shot. Yeah, I've got so a, yeah, something I've got one in, right. You know, I think most of us have a sort of, you know, a 58, 60. Most have a 54, 56 and, and probably a, a 50, 52. Um, I think it's what I've seen more and more nowadays. I uh, can't see. I can't. I can't read it. As I said, it is early. There you go. Fifty-four. Um, can you see me? Okay. Yep. Perfect, mate. Can you, you might want to can move you... your ball another two foot forward. Okay. Now, oh, let me grab the bucket of balls. Now, uh, if you listen to this audio-wise, um, you know you're just going to have to imagine me in my little backyard here uh, chipping. Uh, if you watch the video, if you make a video of it, well, you can see it. I've got the fifty-four. Uh, it's a fifty-four fourteen. So I play. Well, you know, one thing I do know about my bounces, I tend to want a little bit more of it, and I play my 54 with a high bounce um, club, so which I, I think helps a bit of compensatory sort of stuff more than anything. But anyway, haven't hit a chip uh, today, so let's go. Got the little net down there. Thin. It's really interesting, isn't it? I go back, mate. Before you hit a shot today, you're doing some little practice swings there. Just do that yep. again. For it's incredible to see how well you do that. I can hear, and I'm sure anyone listening, don't even have to see this, can hear that club brushing the grass so perfectly every time. Can you hear that? Yeah, yeah I can, yeah. <laughs> right. Why is it then when the ball gets there, things change? That is that is the holy grail, uh, Dom. That is the holy grail for me being you know, a scratch golfer is why. Why is it? Why does it not? And and, and it's a good point because I know, you know – Thank you for telling me that, and I feel better now, so I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident. Um, but it's a, it's a great point, and, you know, I, I get here to set up for that little eight-and-a-half-metre chip, you know, just a little slider one as if you're going to carry it across the, you know, four metres onto the green and let it run down to the pin. And, and I'm sitting here going, should I have my club behind the ball or should I have it like an inch away? Wow. And, and that's an example of, of what sort of where it's at. So, mate, I, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough. There you go. That looked good. I, um, I've been fortunate enough to work with Jamie Glazier, who I think most who listen to your podcast and, and know Jamie quite well. You think, and, you think I'd know a bit about that sort of stuff too after 40-odd episodes of listening to it? Absolutely. I mean, I've learned so much from Jamie and, and I love a lot of what he does in this space here. Um, I mean, have you, any, have you done much of this with your eyes closed? No. No. No? The, mo the most I've been to... Um, you know, in terms of, you know, different technique or different drill type thing is, you know, one-handed, that, that right-handed drill. So, you know, watching you do your, your practice swings and watching you hit, you know, six shots that, that I've seen so far, technically, mate, you've got it really good. 
there's not a great deal going wrong with what you're doing. You're, you're a little bit shut still going back, but not much. I mean, that's really improved. I, I remember early days you were very shut going back, which I, I see a lot of people tend to do, and that might go back to sort of what you said about years and years ago, you know, hitting down on the ball and, and keeping the face shut. But, you know, with the new equipment, the way the ball spins and, and everything, you know, I'd like to see that open up a little bit more going back. Well, didn't see that one. Uh, but, you know, my was... point is, mate, you're 9 out of 10 technically, and here you are doing these little practice swings that are perfect, and then the ball gets there. And as I said at the start, most people then get a little bit hitty. And when I mean hitty, their focus is on the hit of the ball. So when you're doing that practice swing, see how you're just freely swinging through that impact position and into that finish position? how freely that swing looks, and it is a swing. And then when the ball gets there, you're very much hitting at the ball. So, you know, that's where Jamie does a lot of work with the eyes shut stuff. So you're just feeling the sensation of swinging through impact without making a hit at the ball. Um, so, that, you know, that's something I I'd think might help you is to do some of that with some eyes shut. The other thing is, and I, I do this quite a bit with people who struggle in this space, is, Get them to really feel like through impact, it's slow motion. So through, you know, through that, um, you know, might be a foot either side of the ball, I want you to hit a few now and just feel like it's really slow through that part of the swing to get rid of that hitting motion. Yeah, I get. I can feel that immediately even just doing that. I mean, don't worry about distance control at the moment. Yeah. What we're trying to get always with chipping is a really consistent strike of the golf ball because if you can strike the ball consistently every time, then you've got an opportunity to control distance with the length of your swing. But we don't want to control distance by how hard we're hitting the ball. It's a lot like putting. It's very much the, the length of the swing. We want to keep it fairly much the same with the speed. And, you know, if you're skinning shots, fatting shots, you know, you know, struggle with your distance control because of that so the more consistently we can get you to strike the ball the easier you're going to find it to start controlling your distance yeah i can feel that and i think the speed or or that uh you know lack of speed control distance control comes with uh i think that comes from is born out of anxiety i think so yeah no doubt i mean that that's looking a little bit better through impact. Now you're just really softening it down, just really slow motion through the ball. Mm. It, it, it is much, yeah, it feels much better. It, it, does it look solid to you? Yeah, it looks good. As I said, technically, you're nine out of ten. You know, it, it's looking really good. Yeah, that's really nice. You pointed out before a bit shut. Yeah, that, so that was another concept that you know, sort of, I had to go away from this whole like this to, to getting more like this. I had to just work with that a bit. And as I said, you've done a pretty good job with that. You know, it's a fault I see a lot with people chipping. They go out, you know, even inside and shuts worse again. Uh, they seem to be, even if, even if they're not perfect, you know, like if we're in a golf course environment, it's still going to be, you know, 10 feet, not six feet, so to speak. Yeah. And that's, that's huge for me is, you know, if you can start having confidence that it's going to go in the air, that it's going to land somewhere near the spot, you know, even if it's 10 feet, not as you say, inside five feet, and that's your worst shot, 
you know, you start gaining confidence, start believing that, you know, you, you're not a bad chipper because, you know, that's the first thing we need to get you to have a, a concept of is and a belief of, you know, I'm a pretty good chipper now. Uh, and then once you start believing in that, you know, you can go to the next next strength again with your chip. Um, you know, this, this little shot here looks like it should be sort of middle to middle back sort of ball position. Is that that way you yeah. sort of play the... Yeah, I mean, do your practice swings again, mate, and you tell me where that club's bottoming out. Yeah, good point. Yeah, middle to middle, just you know, yeah, it's just sort of, just sort of there. Yeah, I mean, that's always a good way I, I say to people because you know I'm looking down the line from here and I don't know where your weight really is. Like, obviously, yeah. people can lean a little bit more forward than than some. Um, that changes where the axle is, if you like, or where the, the low point of the club's going to be. So, you know, I think that's a really good way to find out where your ball position is, is just make some swings and where's that club hitting the ground? You know, where's your low point? And, and that's, you know, sort of telling you where that ball position should be. Okay. So weight should be a little more forward or am I, can I go neutral on the weight, you know, left, left, right, balanced up or? Yeah, fairly neutral. I mean, again, I, I, I want to keep it fairly simple for you. Um, once you have the right fundamentals here and, and you, you're fairly confident just hitting this shot, you know, landing it, you know, in the same spot thereabouts every time, then we can start going, okay, let's see you hit a lower one, let's see a higher one. And, and that's when you can start changing your ball position, your hand position, your weight, you know, but I wouldn't be worrying too much about that at the moment. You know, I spoke earlier about every chip shot you have when you miss a green is going to be different. And I think one of the things that someone like you can do is is try and play the perfect shot too much. And, and that, you know, you, you play this one a little bit further back and your hands are forward and, you know, it, it becomes more difficult for you at this stage. Just just hit a basic shot, you know, and get it within six feet and, and go, you know, happy with that, move on. And once you build the confidence that that's happening all the time, then we can start looking at altering things um, with your, your setup, which will then determine, you know, the way the ball's going to come out lower or, or higher and checkier or whatever it might be. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense, you know, like... And I don't know if this makes sense in what I think that I should concentrate on first because it's what I try and do here is just worry about strike yeah. first. You know, try and get that contact. And I, and I sort of believe if I can work on the contact and get the contact better more often, then I can start – because I can play. I can play a high lob shot. I can play a low pitch. Run, I, I can do all that. I, can, I know I can. But just the con, getting that contact here, I know if I get that contact right consistently, and even in with, even just with this little one, you know, if I could walk up here and hit 20 of these with you know, 99% efficacy of you know, strike, I know what that would do. I know, I know how it should feel. So does that, does that make sense? Is that it? Absolutely. Spot on. Couldn't agree more. Um, one thing, I, you know, important thing I want to ask you here, I mean, you've hit quite a few shots there looking better. What's your feel? Okay, so... I want you next time you go and play not to be standing over every chip shot with three or four different thoughts, but to have one feel. So if I said to you, with what we've done here this morning, what's the feel you have to execute the shot? What would you tell me? Uh, the feel, uh, the feel of the club, um, the feel, I want to feel this part of the club in that practice swing solely on the turf with, with some level of just 
fluidity, you know, some level of control. Uh, look, uh, no, control is not the right word. You know, just fluidity, I guess. You know, in that practice swing, I'll, I'll, softness. You know, you, that softness. softness. Yeah, that soft feel with the uh, the bounce sole of the of the bounce of the club. Sorry. Wonderful. So just let's, let's break that down even a bit more. So you're just feeling. So I love what you're doing there. You're feeling the the, the bounce or the sole of the club bruising the grass coming through. Yeah. Right out. So set up to that ball and hit me one and just you're not hitting the ball. You're not thinking about too much about where it's going or the strike. A, I did I did that. It was the most sweetly struck shot I've hit, most sweetly right. struck chip I've hit yet. So we're taking out that hit and you're just focusing on a feel of the bounce of that club, bruising the grass, bouncing along the grass, skimming the grass, whatever you want to see or feel. Right, that's that's your field. That's all you're working on. You know, I, the, the worst thing you can have here is so many different thoughts in your mind while you're trying to hit that and execute that shot, especially when you get out in the golf course. Uh, yeah, okay, that's great. That's uh, you know, as you as you probably see, I don't know, you, you see with a lot of. Tell me if I'm wrong. You see with a lot of your clients, you know, that they can articulate, they can do, but they're just it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, they just need to be able to put all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together to be able to execute the way that they should. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and through a lot of what I do online coaching with that, that, that skills platform is, you know, what I do with a lot of students is try and force a change. Now, that can be through all sorts of drills, teaching age, you know, alignment stick in front of them to stop them getting ahead of it, whatever, and and get them to do that. And then I say to them often, right, what do, you, what do you feel when you're forced to make that swing? And the thing is you, you might have 20 different students and they'll give you 20 different answers. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. So what you feel there is your feel and your feels are always correct. So, you know, with that change we've made, that creates for you that feel, right out. That's what you need to run with, take, and just really focus on. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I don't know if you noticed all those six or seven chips I was sitting while you were talking there, but they were perfect. They've all gone into the net. Uh, they didn't miss. Uh, there wasn't one thin, and there definitely wasn't one fat. I hope that it looked like it was a little bit slow motion. It did feel like that. And, uh, you know, the worst case scenario was it landed maybe a meter short of the, the drop zone. Um, I can take that. Okay, that's the worst. Uh, this is good, Dom. Um, we should do this more often. Love to, mate. Love. I mean, I just love helping people. I, I want to see you go out there and enjoy a game. Or, and, you know, I've worked with so many people over time, mate, that have, have struggled in different ways, whether that be putting, chipping, you know. I've had people struggle off the tee, struggle to hit the ball off with an iron shot, whatever it might be. And, you know, the reason I love getting up in the morning and doing what I do, mate, is just seeing people enjoy and improve and, and, and love playing golf more. Right. Uh, thank you for that little touch-up, uh, confidence session. Uh, it's good to know that, you know, from where I started to where we're going, that I've been able to do, even with a few sessions with you just online over Zoom, over sending some videos that I've hopefully been able to show you some improvement. Uh, every student wants to show their coach some improvement. So um, I feel like I've done that. Hopefully I have. And, uh, mate, it's been great to catch up. Thanks for the insight into, you know, your world now as a PGA Tour coach. Did you ever, you know, if you, if you roll, just in closing, if you roll yourself back to working in Ballarat, working in Bendigo and all of that sort of thing, you know, was that on your little bottom of your list as well, you know, PGA Tour coach? No, nah, can honestly say no, mate. <laughs>
No, yeah. never thought. Never thought that that I'd be there. I guess um, you know, in the last five years with Herbie, you know, I've always thought that. Yeah, I've always thought he, he's good enough, and and he'd be on the PGA Tour. But I don't know that I ever stopped and thought I'll be coaching a PGA Tour player. I mean, I just it's not how I, I work. But, you know, now you're there, it's funny, even now I don't sort of sit here going, oh, I'm coaching a PGA Tour player. I'm just thinking more of a head, you know, right. I'm not satisfied with that. You know, he, mm. he's better than that. You know, I, I want to coach a winner of the PGA Tour. You know, I want to, yeah. I want to coach someone who, who, you know, as you can probably see some flags up here on the wall, mate, every major that any student of mine plays in, I, I get a flag and get them to sign it and put their scores up, you know. I want one up there with, you know, with a top 10, I haven't got that yet, you know, and then ultimately with a, a, a win on it. So, you know, I guess that's what drives us, isn't it? We always want to, you know, take it to the next level. Mate, I can see a bit of crystal wear over your shoulder there. Is that the uh, trophy from the Irish Open that uh, Lucas sent back to you to look after? Look that little copy, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lucas, well, he's funny. He's a funny, he'll take a lot of credit for things, mate. You know, I sent it back to my coach. It was actually. <laughs> who rang me and said, what's your address? Uh, I've got to get this trophy sent back and there's no, no point sending it to Herbie's place. Um, so I sent him the address and the trophy turned up and it's a long story. It was actually, I live in a gated community here in Pridgen Springs and there is another gated community, Sentosa, and it was sent to um, number 33 at the other gated community and it was left on his back porch in the box. Oh, dear. <laughs> So I got a phone call from this guy who had just started playing golf down at Bridge in Springs and had heard my name down there and it had on the box Dominic as a party. So he rang the golf club and said, uh, can you give me Dom's number? This I've got a box here. I've got no idea what the box is. So they gave him my mobile number and he rang me and he said, mate, I've got a box here. It's a really big, heavy box. It's got your name on it. And I knew straight away what it would be. And I said, oh, okay, thanks, mate. I'll be around shortly and pick it up. So I popped around there. By the time I got around there, he's worked out what it was because it had Irish open on it and everything. So we had a good giggle about that. And I, and I videoed you know, me unpacking it, obviously, and sent that to Herbie. And since, I, since then, I've had uh, had the guy around here and he's, he's got some photos with the trophy. And, yeah, we owe, owe him a little bit, mate, that we actually ended up with this trophy in our possession of DHL. Well, it's good to see that there are still good people in the world, good people at Perigian Springs, and uh, I'm sure he would have been more than chuffed to uh, meet you and give it back. And uh, and as a new golfer down there, I hope uh, I'm sure you're able to give him a little bit of uh, support, advice, and encouragement, mate. That's that's very good. Uh, it was it was great to catch up with Herbie the day after uh, that win. He was sitting in Edinburgh, you know, which you know is a pretty important town for me. So it was just a, a really nice. Uh, Really nice opportunity to chat to him and uh, and Pewy. I think they were having a bit of fun that night. It was the, the day after, and uh, yeah, it was good to see the lad. And he kicked on, did well in Scotland, and has done pretty well since. So, um, mate, I appreciate you taking the time there. You don't mind if I use this audio and, and send it to some people? To uh, yeah, I think there's only five people that might listen. My dad, Rocket's mum, a uh, few other people. You reckon they'll, they that they can uh, listen to that? Is that okay? Mate, if anyone wants to listen to this, go for it, mate. If you can get more than five, well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Love you to ship awesome. it. Hopefully it gives someone uh, yeah, a little bit of knowledge and, and, and helps someone in, in any, any small way is always uh, what we're after. But I think next uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch through touch based on this. I might get you to look at the, uh, the full swing, the full sort of nine, eight, nine pitch 
you know, if I, if I look back at it, that's the next area of development. Um, you know, hitting more greens from that sort of distance, that seems to be where I play a lot of second shots from. So we might have a look at full swing, yeah? Mate, let's make this a regular thing. Love it. Absolutely love it. Love to have a look at it. Excellent, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for taking your time out of your busy morning. I'll, uh, I'll see you soon, Dom. Thanks, Roscoe. Great stuff, mate. All right. Love your work. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you, mate.